I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray today. Father, thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And Father, I thank you for the Spirit of God using me to plant the Word of God in the hearts of your people. I step back so he can use me to articulate what you want to say. I thank you because your word declares whatever we bind on earth can, will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And Father, I bind any demonic spirit or anything that would distract us from hearing what the Spirit of God wants to say. And I thank you that as the word goes forth, healing is going to come. Change is going to come. Deliverance is going to come. Freedom is going to come in the name of Jesus Christ. And I loose the angels of God to minister to us because we're heirs of salvation. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following your word today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated and you may be seated at home. I'm starting a new series today entitled Scars. Everybody say Scars. Almost everyone that I know has a scar. They have some type of mark that is a result of some injury or something that caused pain in their life. There's a book entitled How to Stop the Pain, and the author of that book is named Dr. James Richard. I did a series around that book last year called The Verdict. And in that book, he made an amazing statement. He said, pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice. In other words, this means that everyone in their lifetime will experience some form of pain. But in many cases, suffering from that pain that becomes long term, it really becomes a choice and we don't know that. And so the goal of the series is for us to help us identify and address areas where there is pain or where there is unresolved issues that cause pain. Now you say, well, Pastor, why are we doing a series like this after a giving series? Because seed that goes in the ground has to be nurtured. It has to be watered. It has to be fertilized and it has to be protected. And the only thing that can choke a seed from working are weeds. And so pain can be weeds. Say amen to that. And so we're going to prayerfully walk through this series and we're going to do this, of course, by allowing the word to come forth and the spirit of God to minister in ways that nobody else can. And here is why, because I believe that as we minister this word, the true and ultimate healer, which is Jesus Christ, is going to heal us and make us free. John 8, 36 in the King James says this. They're going to put it on the screen. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. You shall be made free indeed. I love the message translation. It says this. So if the Son sets you free, you are free, watch this, through and through. Now here's why I like that version, because scars 
which is what we're going to be discussing, they're just not always physical, but scars can be emotional too. And so our secondary goal, we actually have two, two goals in the series. Here's the secondary goal, is to help you and I embrace and encourage any scar you may have in your life. Because, see, a scar is proof that you got healed. Say amen to that. Amen. So uh, point number one, if you're taking notes, you should have received some notes here in the house. If you did not, raise your hand and our ushers will give you some. And then if you're watching us online, there's a link that you can click to get all the notes that I'm going over. It has all the points and it has all the scriptures. So we only have two points, but uh, today we have our new membership class after service and so I want to try to be as concise as possible so point number one what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the source of scars the source of scars and so what I did I looked up in the dictionary what the word scar meant and this is what it says it says a mark everybody say a mark it's a mark left watch this now by a healed wound I like that In other words, a scar is a mark that has been left by a healed wound. You all know my story, but right here on my wrist is a big burn. But it's healed because it doesn't hurt anymore. But see, the problem with the scars that I'm going to be talking about is you can have a physical scar and it's, it's healed, but watch this, the emotional damage that that physical scar uh, happened with may not be healed. So it means a mark left by a heel wound, a sore, or a burn. Watch this. It's a lasting after effect of trouble, especially a lasting psychological injury. Watch this. Resulting from suffering or trauma. And then it says, it's any blemish remaining as a trace of or resulting from injury or use. In other words, Based on the dictionary, a scar is a womb or a, a, uh, a burn, a sore, a mark that has been left from an injury. So what I want to do is I want to look at now the Bible definition of what a scar is. And see, this is going to help lead us into our Easter message, which the Easter message is going to be called Divine Scars. Why? Because Jesus took some scars for us. So let's look now in John chapter 20. I'm going to show you now a word in the Bible that actually also means scars. John 20, look in verse 19. I'm going to read the context here. It says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood in the midst and he said to them, Peace unto you. And verse 20, watch this now, this is important. And when he had said so, read this with me, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Now why that? Because when they crucified Jesus, they pierced his hand, they pierced his feet, and they punched him in the side. Now why is that important? Because watch this church, you won't show what you're ashamed of. I'm going to say that again. You won't show, watch this, or talk about what you're ashamed of. And see, some of you have scars, but you can't talk about them because you're not healed from the inside. Jesus was able to show them 
And you won't show what you're ashamed of. So then it says, then were his disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said to them, peace be unto you as my father has sent me, even so I send you. He says, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Verse 23, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. That's why you want to forgive people. When you don't forgive people, whatever they did to sin against you, you walk around with. Watch verse 23 of 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called what? Didymus. Now see, Sean Diddy Combs was not the first P. Diddy. There's Diddy right there. Diddy. Look, if you, how many got a nickname growing up? Nicknames, nicknames. Everybody had a nickname. Like Pastor Polo, his nickname is Polo. Right? Well, Didymus, I can, I'm pretty sure that they didn't call him the whole name. I'm pretty sure they called him Diddy. But Thomas, who was called Diddy, was not with them when Jesus came. Verse 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We've seen the Lord, Diddy. And he said unto them, watch this, except I shall see in his hands the what, church? The print. See that word print? It also is the word means scar. I'll show you that in just a second. He said, except I shall see the print of the nails and put my finger into the what? Print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. Read it with me. I will not believe. Thomas said until I could. I know y'all saw him. Because remember it said Jesus showed them his hands and his side and his feet. He showed them. But Thomas said that ain't enough for me. I got to touch it. So watch this now. That word print when you look it up in the Greek. It's the word two post. And the definition of that word two post. Listen to this now. It means a die as struck. A die. You say, well, what's a die? So uh, years ago when, uh, when I worked in corporate America, I used to work for a company. The, name, the parent company was named Pitney Bowes. Pitney Bowes was, was, was uh, pretty famous for posted stuff. All the posted meters and stuff, Pitney Bowes made that. Well, they had a subsidiary called Monarch Marking Systems, which was located in uh, Dayton, Ohio. I got recruited by that company when I finished uh, 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 college, and they relocated me to Dayton, Ohio. This company had two different divisions. They had a retail division and an industrial division. And the focus of this company, what they did is they manufactured barcode, uh, barcoding products. So when you walked into JCPenney's, uh, this is back then, all of the tags from JCPenney's and Sears uh, that, that was on the clothing that had a barcode on it, uh, that company printed those barcodes. So the tag didn't start out as a little tag. It started out like a big old roll of paper. And inside where I used to work, the manufacturing plant had these big rolls, but then when it got done, they had all these tags. In other words, uh, these tags were produced from a die. These dies were these iron cylinder things, and it, when it hit that paper, it pretty much just cut in place the pattern. And so this word print or two post, it means a die as struck. Watch this. It means a stamp or a scar. So when, when uh, Didymus, Diddy, said about Jesus, he says, unless I see the stamp or the scar, 
It also means an example, print, or pattern. In our day, we, we could say it's a tattoo. So watch this now. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 uses this word two post, which means scar. But I want to show you to you because it's a different English word. It says, let no man despise your youth. This was Paul talking to Timothy. He said, don't let nobody look down because you're young. He said, but I want you to be what, church? What word did he use up there? Be a what? Be a what? Are y'all woke this morning? Be what? He said, listen, Timothy, I know you're a young pastor, but don't let nobody look down on you because of that. He says, I want you to be a what, church? An example. Do you know that word example is the same word to post? So what he was saying, he says, you know what, Timothy? I want you to be an example. I want you to be a scar, a stamp. When, when, listen, he says, I want you to be an example of a believer. That means our believers aren't examples. He says, I want you to be an example of a believer. How? In word. How? In conversation. How? In love. How? In spirit. How? In faith. How? In purity. What he was saying is, Timothy, when people meet you, I want you to leave a lasting impression on them. I want you to leave a scar on them. When that, when they get done talking to you, I want them to be able to say like Jesus. They said, did not our hearts burn when we talked to him? Listen, I want, when, he says, when you meet people, I want you to leave an eternal mark on them. So watch this now. Let's go back there to John 20. We're going to pick up in verse 26. And so after eight days, Thomas was with them. The, uh, the disciples were gathered. Then came in Jesus, the, the doors being shut. I don't know how he got in there, but it was, he, he, just, he must have floated in. And he stood in the midst. He says, peace unto you. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, watch what he said. Who is he talking to, church? Thomas. He said, Thomas, reach here your finger and, and touch my hands, Thomas. And, and Take your hand and I want you to thrust it in my side. And I, I don't want you to be faithless, but I, I want you to believe. And if you keep reading, Jesus said, blessed are those who don't have to see but yet believe. But I want you to notice that Jesus, watch this now, was able to let Thomas touch him where he had previously been hurt. See, this is why people struggle moving on from a different relationship. Because they're still in pain from the last one. This is why it's difficult for people to re-engage in another church. Because they got hurt from the last church. So watch this. They physically moved, but they emotionally didn't. So in this situation, Jesus allowed Thomas to touch him where he had previously been hurt. It was, why? Because Jesus' scar, listen now church, was no longer a wound. See, the reason you can't talk or say anything about your injury, about what happened, about what's, how somebody hurt you, is because it's still a wound and not a scar. Let me, let me give you a different perspective. Revelation chapter 12, they're going to put this up there. See, a lot of people, they still have wounds. And a wound and a scar are different. A scar is proof that you had a wound, but it got healed. But see, a wound is an injury that has not quite gone through the healing process. 
And anytime we have been wounded in whatever way you want to name it, what happens is though that area becomes sensitive. So we don't want nobody to touch it. We don't want nobody to talk about it. This is why it's hard to say something nice about your ex because they still they, they hurt you, but you still wounded. Amen. Watch Revelations 12. I'm going to give you a different perspective on this. And, and it says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now has come salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. Watch this. For the accuser of the brethren, who is at the devil, he is cast down. Where is the devil? He's cast down. Where is the accuser? He's the devil. Where is he? He's cast down. He's cast down which accused them before God day and night, verse 11. Watch this. And they, who are they? The brethren, the believers. And they overcame who? The devil, the accuser of the brethren. How did they do that? By the blood of the lamb. And watch this. And by what? The word of their testimony, and they love not their lives. In other words, I want you to see here that it was the testimony that allowed them to overcome. And that's what a scar is. Instead of being ashamed of your scar, you need to use your scar as a testimony. Watch this. Here's a take-home statement that I want you to think about or write down. A scar is proof that a wound has been healed. But a wound is proof that an injury has not been healed. So let's talk about now the different causes of scars. Because... I'm going to list them. And then as I list these different areas, I want you to think about maybe where there's some pain. Because everybody's got some pain somewhere, okay? The problem is most people do not properly uh, fix the pain. This is why people drink. Now touch your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me right now. He's not talking to me. He's not talking to me. He's not talking to me. And, and you say, well, Pastor, is drinking, drinking wrong? No, drinking, drinking water's not wrong. <laughs> No, drinking's not wrong. It's when now we're using to drink to try to fix something that drinking can't fix. So let's talk about the different causes because uh, I think these are areas that I want you to see. And all of these uh, areas or these causes start with a PP, okay, because I'm a pastor. And, 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 and I have to alliterate. It all has to kind of look the same. And then kind of help you remember. Okay? So at least when you leave here, you say, well, all the causes of, of, of scars start with a PP. <laughs> I'm not talking about a PP loan. I'm talking about... Okay, so here's the first one. <laughs> okay, so let me tell y'all why I say random stuff sometimes. I'll say random stuff to just wake people up. Because see, sometimes people think they know where I'm going. They'll be like, yeah, I know what he's going to say. And so I'll say something random to throw you off. So, uh, and now listen, listen, random works though. So one time I was preaching. See, I'm getting ready to get off right now. <laughs> so if I go over, it's your fault, all right? No, no, I was preaching one time. And, uh, I, I, I was talking about, uh, I don't know, somebody I knew or read about or something, they, uh, they, uh, they were allergic. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, somebody I knew went and rode a horse, and they came back, and the horse 
uh, made them break out in rashes and hives. They didn't know that they were allergic to horsehair. And one of our members who wore a weave. <laughs> I can't make this up. They came to me after service and said, Pastor, I got this new hair and I've been breaking out. And they looked and it was horse's hair. I'm not making this up. I just helped somebody. Okay, so here's the first source. Get back with me. Come on now. We're going to laugh and then we're going to move on, all right? So here's the first one. Painful people. I'm talking about how scars happen to us. Painful people. Unfortunately, the same way how God uses people, the devil does too. And most of us have heard what I'm about to say. In fact, you can probably help me finish. But hurting people... How? Y'all heard it too? Hurting people hurt people. And a lot of our scars in life have come from hurting people. And this is why Jesus said, pray for those who despitefully use you. Because once you get a revelation that the reason they're treating you that way is because they're hurt, it has nothing to do with you. And this is why you got to get healed before you move from relationship to relationship. Somebody say amen to that. So, painful people. Here's number two. This is the source of scars. Perverted pursuits. And this is where we become injured or we get scarred. Watch this. Because we pursue things or people that are bad for us. Come on. Have you ever uh, made a decision that you know was not right? It's not in the word. It is not God. You decided you're going to date this unsaved man. Talking about, well, Harvey, he seems nice. That's Hurricane Harvey. (laughs) And see, as believers, these are things, when I talk about perverted pursuits, these are things that diametrically oppose God's word and his will. Let me say something. Anytime you make decisions outside of scripture, you will experience some form of pain. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. In other words, if you and I transgress against what God's want, listen, the end result is eventually going to be some pain. Amen. I know people, listen, we want to be blessed illegally. I ain't going to get into that. Here's number three. Here's number three, planned persecution. These are sources of scars. These are people that the enemy tries to use to bring harm to us, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, or financially. And, and here's the thing, though. Persecution is a part of life. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Yes, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So being persecuted is a part of life, but it's how you process that persecution that determines if it becomes a scar or not. Your scars should remind you and not define you. It might remind you of what happened, but it shouldn't define you on who you become. 
Here's number four, poor planning. In other words, sometimes we experience scars because of poor planning. These scars and wounds that we have simply come from our bad choices. How many made a bad choice before? Yeah, I made bad choices too. And most of the time, we knew the choice was bad before we made it. And these scars come from having to live with, listen church, the negative consequences of our decisions. But let me tell you something. If you've made a bad decision and if you're in the midst of dealing with some negative consequences because of your decision, do me a big favor. In fact, do me and God a big favor. Would you include him in it? See, some people be like, well, I got myself in it. I need to get myself out. No. The Bible says that God is a present help in the time of trouble. When you are in trouble, whether you got yourself in trouble or whether somebody else got you in trouble, he's a present help if you're just bringing him in. Talk to him while you're smoking weed. Talk to him. I know that's because they're like, I don't know how you going to talk to God. Listen, if that's when you need to do it, that's probably when you need to do it. Oh, God, please help me. Please help me. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Problematic parenting. Some of us have gotten scars out of problematic parenting. This is where we experience pain from the most important people in our lives. Mom and daddy. And the actions and the attitudes of our parents can sometimes permanently injure us. This is why the blood of Jesus is so important. Because it's the only thing that can heal us and cleanse us at the same time. The New Living Translation of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13, it says, Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a young cow could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial purity. Verse 14, it says, Just think how much more the blood of Christ, watch this, will purify your conscience from sinful deeds so that you can worship the living God. Listen to the message translation. If that animal blood... And the other rituals of purification were effective in cleaning up certain matters of our religion and behavior. He says, think how much more the blood of Christ cleanses or cleans up our whole lives from the inside out. Everybody say problematic parenting. Let me add this. Many times we're holding our parents accountable for things they said or things that they did and they didn't know no better. I'm going to say that again because I'm talking to some people. Receive deliverance right now in Jesus' name. Sometimes we are holding our parents accountable to things that they said or they did and they didn't know that, that no better. You said, Pastor, they knew better. They knew they were uh, 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 torturing me. They knew that they were injuring me. They, they knew that they were... No, no, no. Look, look. Luke chapter 23, verse 34, I'm going to show you something. This is when Jesus was on the cross. He watched these people crucify him. And it says, watch what he says. He says, Father, what did he say do? Forgive them. Watch this now. Read it with me. For they know not what they do. Wow. See, let me explain something. A lot of times we expect to get things from our parents that they didn't have the capacity to give us. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we have expected things from our parents that they did not have the capacity to give us. In other words, let me say it like this. You cannot impart what was never downloaded.
you mad at your daddy because he didn't teach you to be a daddy or he wasn't there to be a daddy. But daddy never got that from his daddy. He never got the download. Watch this now. You can't get what you ain't got. That was the ghetto version. We have people from all walks of life. I got to reach them at every level that they are. You can't get what you ain't got. Here's the next one. Physical previews. Man, I'm out of time. It says, now, now this one right here is interesting. This is how we get scars sometimes. Physical previews. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? This is when we have seen something or experienced something that we never should have seen or experienced. And it scarred us. That magazine that you saw your daddy or your uncle look through and you went through as a 10-year-old and you looked at that, it scarred you. You may have gotten raped or physically abused. It scarred you. You, you experienced something physical. Everybody say physical previews. Here's the, the next one. Peer pressure. This is where we let our friends and our co-workers and, and our homeboys and homegirls or the company we keep to negatively influence us. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. The Amplified Version says, Do not be deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion, associations corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and, uh, and character. In other words, he's saying the wrong people you hang out with can affect your morals and your character. You keep hanging around your friends who, who ain't married no more and they say all men are dogs and all women are... Okay, I can't say that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> you'll get it. So you think you're going to keep loving your spouse and you're around people who don't, who hate men and women. Okay. Here's the last one. Persistent pushing. Say, what is that? This is for my young people too. This is where we allow the ways, the, the beliefs, and the patterns of worldly thinking to penetrate our biblical view. The New Living Translation of Romans 12, 1 says, and 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but be led but, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The message translation said, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops and well informs and mature you. Here's the last one. It's preeminent purpose. How do we get scars sometimes? We get them through preeminent purpose. You say, well, pastor, what's that? This is what happens when, listen, when God uses pain to serve an eternal purpose. This is when you go through something in life that has nothing to do with you, even though it's happening to you. Let me say it this way. Some scars are for others or from others or for others, even though it has happened to us because he was God's divine will for Jesus to experience some pain through scars. It was God's divine will. The living Bible of first Peter chapter one, verse 18 proves this. It says, and God paid a ransom to save you from the impossible road to heaven, which your fathers tried to take. And the ransom he paid was not just mere gold or silver, as you very well know, verse 19. But he, God, he paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ. 
the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God watch this now, church. God chose him for this purpose long before the world began. But only recently was he brought into public eye in the last days. See, some purpose is preeminent. Some things you go through ain't about you, even though it's happening to you. So I'm going to close with this. I'm over the time. Can I have three more minutes? Because here's the remedy. Here's point number two. Because how, how do you get over, how do you get over these scars? Number two, we're going to talk about surrendering your scars. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, he says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to who, church? Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm going to read that in the New Living Translation. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of life, of faith, he says, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily traps us up. Or trips us up. And then he says, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this, watch this, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Here's a take-home thought. You cannot look at Jesus and your scar at the same time. Watch this now. Your focus controls your feelings. It is hard to let go of what's familiar, even if it's pain. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for us. So, so listen, you can't cast what you want to keep. See, sometimes pain gets comforting. So how do we surrender our scars, you say, Pastor Evan? First Peter chapter 5 tells us, it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he might exalt you in due time. Humility says, God, I can't heal myself of this scar, but you can. God, I'm releasing my pride and I give you full authority to come in and fix what I can't. Because, see, we read verse 7, it says, casting all your care upon him because he cared for us. But the reality of it is the previous verse says you got to humble yourself. So I'm going to do a prayer of healing. Did y'all get something out of this today? See, some of y'all don't know <laughs> that your next level is dependent upon you being healed at this level. I was counseling a couple this week, and I saw, you, you know how when it's going to rain, a thunderstorm, and the cloud be real, real black, and you feeling the wind and everything blowing down here, but ain't nothing happening? I saw wealth being held up. And it's only because they, he wouldn't let go. So I'm going to pray a prayer of healing and deliverance. All I want you to do, even right here at home, if you're watching, I just want to put your, I want you to put your hands out just like this. Everybody, just put your hands out. Father, I thank you because you are a good, good father. And I know that your power is available to heal us, to set us free, and to deliver us. You said, whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever I loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so in the name of Jesus, I bind every demonic stronghold that would try to keep your people bound in pain, bound in hurt, bound in turmoil, bound in trauma, bound in negative toxic cycles. I bind that in Jesus' name. And I loose God 
healing to those who have open wounds. I lose healing to those who have scabs. It seems like every time they feel like they're moving forward and they're getting healed, something comes back and triggers them. I loose the angels of God to come and minister to your people because your word says that your angels are there to minister to those of salvation. And so I thank you and I declare today that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Everybody say, I receive that. Come on, everybody say, I receive that. And Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. Uh, one of our prophetic voices in the house says during worship the Holy Spirit shared that there are many who have closed the lid to their wounds not just to others but they have deceived themselves into believing they have moved past it but it's it's a blind spot so they are acting out of the womb not knowing that the reason for their challenges is that but God will go before them and can heal them if they just remove the lid. So I just want you right there to say, I want you to say, Father, I remove the lid of hurt and pain and deception. And today I receive the blood of Jesus that cleanses me in Jesus' name. Now with every head bowed, maybe you're watching me or maybe you're in the room. Here's my question to you. If you died today, are you 100%?